Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, October 12th. I'm Sarah Fenton, filling in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, St. Louis-based online learning company Nerdy recently started trading on the New York Stock Exchange. The company has gone public as it focuses on helping students who have fallen behind during the pandemic. Some of the estimates are that it could take more than a decade, if ever, for students across the country to fully catch up to the COVID-related learning loss that's occurred. Nerdy CEO Chuck Cohn speaks with St. Louis Public Radio's Wayne Pratt. But first, these headlines. Hospital officials in St. Louis say the vast majority of their employees got the COVID-19 vaccine by the fall deadline administrators set. The four largest hospital systems in the region this summer announced all workers would need to get the vaccine or face weekly coronavirus testing. If they didn't comply, they would be suspended. They had different deadlines, but all required their workers to be vaccinated by this month. Alex Pennington is a nurse who works in the emergency department at a local hospital. He says it helped that all hospitals required workers to get the vaccine. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, well, I'm just going to go through a different hospital. It was just like, I'm either going to uh, do this mandate, which I'm a little upset about, or I'm going to have to move to rural Kentucky. Pennington says most of his co-workers got the vaccine as soon as it was available. Democrats who control the Illinois General Assembly are already facing legal challenges from Republicans and Latino voting rights groups over new legislative maps the majority party passed earlier this year. But as Hannah Meisel reports, a group representing black voters is asking the U.S. Department of Justice to intervene. The legislative maps drawn after the 2010 census made for an unprecedented number of majority black districts in both Illinois' House and Senate. But the redistricting plan Governor J.B. Pritzker signed last month would cut the number of majority black districts in half in favor of more majority minority districts. Valerie Leonard of Illinois African Americans for Equitable Redistricting says that still dilutes the black vote. It doesn't take much for white people or a coalition of, of white and another race to get together and displace, you know, the will of the black voters in that district. Leonard's group is asking the Department of Justice to dig into whether Illinois' redistricting plan comports with the Federal Voting Rights Act. I'm Hannah Meisel. St. Louis public safety leaders said Monday a new strategy to fight crime in downtown is working, pointing to the fact that there were no violent crimes there over the weekend. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, one new business owner says the negative perception persists. The St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department has stepped up its presence in downtown St. Louis for nearly a month as part of a plan to combat a slew of shootings. David Shanks, owner of Whiskey on Washington, says he hasn't had any issues since opening late last month. The former math teacher grew up in the neighborhood and says he never thought about opening a business anywhere else. But he worries that publicity of isolated violent events has given downtown a bad reputation. Other areas are going to say, oh, don't go down there, it's violent. But we're walking distance from Ballpark Village. So it's, it's not. And we get people that should really enjoy all these places. Shank says he's felt support from police, politicians, and business groups. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. 
In related news, the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department is investigating an illegal drag racing event that drew between 400 and 500 drivers to the city over the weekend. Acting Public Safety Director Dan Isom said yesterday the event diverted police officers throughout St. Louis Saturday night as they sought to calm traffic. Police issued more than 20 tickets and made several arrests. Isom put out a plea for residents to obey traffic laws. Three St. Louis-based companies have begun trading on the New York Stock Exchange in the past three months. Core and Maine, a water, wastewater, and fire protection products distributor, went public in July. Agriculture technology company Benson Hill did the same last month, and in between those initial public offerings was Nerdy. It operates online educator Varsity Tutors. Nerdy CEO Chuck Cohn started the company while a student at Washington University. He tells St. Louis Public Radio's Wayne Pratt that it makes sense for a company in a growing industry to go public now. We see online learning adoption growing at 30 percent. That's what industry experts expect over the course of the next five years and expect that it'll be a significant catalyst for the industry. So you don't see this slowing down at all as we begin to come out of the pandemic and eventually get out of it? The opportunity has never been bigger. We had incredible success in the first half of the year. Students took off a couple of months in the summer after, you know, a long school year. And then as school started in mid-August and September, we saw demand for tutoring inquiries come roaring back. We also recently announced a new institutional strategy focused on helping K-12 schools solve important problems and address COVID-related learning loss at a district-wide scale. And this is happening at a moment where, on average, students are more than five months behind in math and reading nationally. Do you have any idea how long it may take for students to get caught up? Some of the estimates are that it could take more than a decade if ever, for students across the country to fully catch up to the COVID-related learning loss that's occurred. So it's just a devastating problem. Some of the estimates uh, actually predict that students will never catch up, which is, of course, heartbreaking, and we're doing what we can to make sure that that isn't true. Does going public strengthen the company's position to address this problem? We've been building for this moment for at least six years since we first raised institutional capital. Our core consumer business is doing really well. Um, We've been building towards going public because we're building a durable, enduring company that we want people to talk about for another 50 plus years that has a tremendous impact. What the capitalization related to the financing specifically allows us to do is just lean into the big opportunity more offensively. Talk to me about the journey from this idea at WashU to where you are today. I started the company based on my own personal experiences, finding the help that I needed. When I was in college, I was studying for a calculus course. I was really struggling with the material and I wasn't able to get the help that I needed. I was at Washington University at the time and just was unable to find any solutions to allow me to address the fact that I just didn't understand the material. And so I ended up starting the company with a thousand dollar loan for my parents as a 21 year old student. Two of my good friends were the first two tutors on the platform. And um, 
it started growing from there. And I, I was able to develop and advance the idea in a intro to entrepreneurship course at the university. And the university has been an incredible supporter. How many tutors would you say you have today? At the end of last year, we had about 20,000 and we've been continuing to grow the number of experts on the platform uh, in anticipation of a big back to school and serving school districts. So was this your vision when you launched this back at WashU or has it exceeded expectations? It's, you know, orders of magnitude larger than I thought it would be on the the day I started it. I was just very focused on solving what I thought was an incredibly important need that many other students like myself were facing. And over time, as we invested in technology, as we had a few breakthroughs, it became possible that there was an opportunity to really transform how high quality live instruction was delivered and that it was possible to allow students to access help in any subject, anywhere, anytime, in a digitally enhanced way to an extent that had never been previously possible. That was St. Louis Public Radio's Wayne Pratt talking to nerdy founder and CEO Chuck Cohn. Editor Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Our music is by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. For St. Louis Public Radio, I'm Sarah Fenton, and this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.